Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to the Left of Greg podcast. I'm Brian Marin, the host and creator of the show. As always, I will be joined by human behavior expert, Mr. Greg Williams, who the show is affectionately named after. Here on the Left of Greg show, our goal is to increase your advanced critical thinking skills through a better understanding of what we call human behavior, pattern recognition, and analysis. If you'd like to find out more about what that is, you can check us out on our website at arcadiacognorati.com or by following us on Facebook at HBPRA or on Twitter at A underscore Cognorati. You can also check us out on the videos of the podcast on the Left of Greg YouTube channel where we also post some short clips on some of the concepts that we talk about during the show. The links to everywhere I just mentioned are in the episode details, so go ahead and check them out while you're listening along. If you have any questions or would like us to cover a specific topic, please reach out to us at leftofgreg at gmail.com. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about graffiti and what it means. When I say graffiti, I'm using it as an umbrella term for things like tattoos, bumper stickers, message clothing, and a number of other things that we're going to discuss on this episode. Thanks again for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. All right, so uh, start off with another uh, another Remoism, a Gregism. Right, you you don't have to speak the language to read the writing on the wall. So that's good sure. to start for today's topic of graffiti and what we're going to talk about symbolism and iconography in it. So graffiti is important. Why? Uh, it, first off, another Remoism. Um, if I take the time to write something down, uh, whether that's on my Facebook page, on a wall, um, you know, scribbled in in concrete. That's, that's starting to dry. If I take the time to do that, it's important to me. So you might not care about it, but it's important to me and I'm sending a message. So that's uh, changed over the years throughout history of mankind from, from early cave paintings, right, to modern day PowerPoints. And what I'm talking about graffiti, it kind of encompasses all of that. So I think we'll kind of be able to start with it there and kind of kind of see where it goes. So so graffiti is important, messages are important, uh, message clothing, uh, stickers on your vehicle, all that stuff sends a message. So I guess we'll start at a 30,000 foot, Greg, uh, 30,000 foot view here, Greg, and, and why don't you tell us why is that stuff important? Because there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of it out there, right? Especially with social yep. media today, there's even more. So why is that stuff important? Well, in, in when, when Combat Hunter came around, uh, before that it was called Urban Hunter and before that the idea was mulling around in the back of Mattis's head. And he reached out to a couple of key players, uh, uh, one crusher, uh, Colonel Clark Lathine and the other, a, a, a Colonel that, that worked for the Marine Corps war fighting lab. And those guys reached out and tried to get, uh, expertise in a number of different fields. And, uh, one of the things was that I had already had a, a fully mature program called, uh, pretexting and, and profiling. And the idea, uh, very simply a pretext, is a reason to contact a human being or a vehicle. Uh, and whatever that pretext is, as long as the pretext is legal, the stop, uh, the eventual stop is legal. And then you can find information, you know? So, so, so that, that uh, came from, from law enforcement. From law enforcement. Yeah, yeah right. I apologize, Brian. Because, yeah, no, you it do need the same... a reason to go up and contact yep. a person if you're, you yep. can't just, yeah. All right. But just so you know, and you touched on something very important that was in the, the same in the dojo. That dojo was looking for these things. Does a guy have a certain type of tat? Is the bulge in the pocket? There was di- different idiosyncratic certain uh, elements of yeah. human behavior that are likely yeah. cues. And yeah. most people, because they're subtle enough, disregard them. Okay. So we're saying don't disregard the minutia, right? 
So the idea was that, well, hey, these domains already exist. So why don't we just modify them uh, for the combat profiling piece of Combat Hunter, which was very uh, easy. And you remember those as the six domains. So when it came to, to atmospherics, the atmospherics were simply uh, iconography or symbolism or symbology. Uh, look those up on your own folks. But the idea was those visual images or the symbols or whatever representation, uh, if they were taken collectively, they could be associated with a, a person or a movement or, or, or a specific. Or, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it, it, then uh, uh, when we went in there, we said, okay, these were clearly atmospheric indicators, meaning that when you saw them or when there was an absence of them, that could help you draw a reasonable conclusion about an area or a vehicle or a hallway or a elevator, for example. And then it came down to, to a couple of the chuckleheads afterwards saying, oh, we have to go backwards and we have to add a, a whole new section in the six domains about iconography. No, no, stop. Atmospherics is a panacea of all of those things that may influence the scene that you're in that may influence the environment. Does that make sense? So, so right. uh, I'll give you an example, Brian, and, and I don't want to spiral out of control because we want to kind of stay laser focused. Laser focused, yeah. Let's, let's talk about the difference. Uh, uh, I'll suggest that there's a difference between public and private graffiti. Okay. I'll, uh, uh, I'll suggest to you that there's a, uh, a graffiti when I'm busy sitting at the bus station and my hands uh, are getting cold and I just scratch something along uh, just to waste time, then there is a message. Uh, there's a difference between Banksy and the art house movement right. graffiti and, and the message that I might get when I'm behind a power box in an alley in an urban center. So that's the importance. The importance is what message you're receiving, what channel it's being transmitted on, and can you use it as a comparison for human behavior because graffiti is a language violence okay. is a language right yeah so yeah. graffiti is a language tattoos are a language that's what i'm getting at okay and that that's a good way to look at it too so let's frame it as graffiti is a language and now let's yep. discuss all that what what falls under graffiti because i you can you can i like putting uh, the, i like using that as an umbrella term right graffiti yep. or now there's symbolism and iconography so people go into hey this is the meaning there's people that study that stuff right spend their whole lives this is the meaning behind this symbol and this is what that means which is great it's it's great information no but but sometimes you know, if the if the person who wrote that symbol on there didn't know that, then then it doesn't necessarily you can't mean use that. it exactly. What a, what a, what a brilliant uh, uh, astute observation, Brian. And and I hope that's not lost on the people listening or watching. Uh, for example, the the Nazi cross, the the twisted iron uh, the uh, cross, uh, the swastika, uh, uh, used by the Chinese thousands of years before for a completely different pur purpose. So don't pigeonhole yourself by saying this means that. You have to understand the context and the relevance and then measure it against the baseline to determine what it is and then conduct a couple of interviews to say, hey, what's with this sign? And we do that all the time. We call it graph in the business, G-R-A-F, like the graph speed. And Brian, when we're walking around on the radio, you know that, that we'll talk back and forth. Hey, I got some good graph over here. Then we'll go and we'll have to determine the likely relevance of the graph. It doesn't mean anything unless it's processed. It's like a flipping latent fingerprint. It's useless unless you process it, then tie it to a suspect, and then tie it to the environment. 
Okay. So that, that's, that's a good, another good way to, to kind of get laser focused on it too. So, so graffiti is, is cause I, cause we can put it under tattoos, uh, uh clothing with certain yep. messages on it, the stickers, Bumper on your stickers. Vehicle. Yep. I, I like using that as a term of under graffiti because it's all symbolism and iconography, but gra- gra- the word graffiti makes more sense to me. And, and here's the thing is that everyone, everyone listening, everyone, uh, who has Facebook or LinkedIn or Instagram, all you all are graffiti artists. You're graffiti yes. artists, right? Yes. So it's no difference than what you post in, in, in Facebook is called your wall, right? I post this on my wall and you'll write a message or a saying or post a picture. Well, that's that's to, to us from a human behavior perspective. That's no different than taking the old rattle can out there, going behind a building and spraying your message on there. And, and so... There's a there's a great photo that that went around the internet. I love it because it says uh, uh, it's spray paint on a wall. It says things I hate most. Number one, lists. <laughs> Number two, graffiti. Number right, three, right. irony. And I was like, that's the funniest thing yeah. I've ever seen. If but, I was gonna get a tattoo on my immense forehead, <laughs> that would be the one. It Brian, can I relate? Can I relate a funny story about your rattle can observation? Please, please do. So so we're at a location in in uh, the northern part of California, and I refuse to. To, to divulge the location, but uh, certain people uh, were shipping out to a very dangerous spot. And so we had to go to a local place outside of the stumps and uh, go to a, uh, a store. And I can't remember if it was a Target or a Walmart or whatever else. And we were in a hurry uh, because we had to have a certain amount of, of, of devices, IDs in, in, in location for these troops for this long and arduous process they were going to go through. And nobody had the IED simulators back then that early. Uh, the only thing was the real things, and they weren't letting you touch the real things. You remember that? We, 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 we could go and see them, but we couldn't take them out in the field, so we had to make our own. So if you recall, uh, we had driven out there in the rental sled, and we were lined up uh, at the Home Depot. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. We were lined up at the big table at the Home Depot near the checkout, and everybody was in line with the shopping carts that we had put together. And we said, okay, this is the first thing, take this. This is the first thing, take that. Then then take this. And we we're doing this en masse. And the guy at the checkout and his like manager and a door greeter were watching because we were in quite a hurry. And we grabbed a couple of baseball bats. You remember at the store next door, it was a sporting goods store. So we have all this stuff laid out. And uh, as we were going down the list to make sure we had enough stuff to make these convinced, uh, convincing looking IDs for the, the uh, unit to find, um, we also had a camouflage. So if you recall, we told the guy, and we'll need a couple of cans of spray paint. paint yeah. Now, while we were building these mock bombs in front of them, which, which all most the, of the components, components could have been real. They, w- they were the real yeah, things. They were the it's real just things. the only just thing we didn't the, add. We didn't mix up the explosive. Exactly. So, so there was no, yeah. no, no HME. Yeah. They never asked us <clears throat> what's this for, who we were, anything else. But I remember the manager stepping out and going, whoa, hold on there. We're going to need to see some ID. And ID was scarce back then, if you recall. And my thing was, I was going, hey, do I get a buffalo, this guy? And I go, hey, what's with the ID, pal? And he goes, well, you're getting those spray cans, and graffiti is such a, oh, yeah. man, tagging is everywhere. They weren't worried about the bomb components. They weren't worried about any of the stuff we were going to do with the baseball bats and the, right. and the ski masks. But that spray can. And you know what's funny? I love that you use the term graffiti because graffiti has been called graffiti and has been around you know, 2,500 years yeah, longer b- than that. before the, mean, the birth of Christ, you know? Yeah, so, yeah before, yeah. It, but you, you get what I'm trying to say. The idea is that it's it's not generational. Right. It's not it's just not something. 
Yeah, it's not a fad and it's not going anywhere. Well, and, and that's a, I, I'll hit it from the historical perspective real quick yeah. then too, is that that's where it starts, right? So, you know, graffiti, all that stuff, what, what you're doing on Facebook, what you're doing on Instagram, your Yelp review is no different than something that was done thousands of years ago. I yep. remember a few years ago when the articles came out about, you know, the ancient city of Pompeii and they found all this yep. graffiti and guess what it said? Uh, the food here sucks. Scribbled exactly. on a building. Uh, the wine here was bad. I, right. you know, hooked up with so-and-so here or this guy is a jackass. All the exactly. exact stuff we do today was done 4,000 years or 3,000 years ago. And, and yep. it's no different than, you know, and I always give the example too when we're teaching, of, you know, you got to use a PowerPoint and people like, you know, images and all that stuff. And, and a PowerPoint presentation is no different than, than a cave painting. It's Look, exactly this, the same. This is what's important to me. I want you to see it. So that's where graffiti, that's where I like to see it. Same thing with tattoos. And this isn't a knock on anything. I've got tattoos and, and you know, you, you, that you're sending a message, right? The, each one of those things tells a story. Now, uh, what the relevance is or how important of that story is, is going to be dependent from one person to the next, but, yes. but it's, I can, I can, so I can't jump to conclusions, but I can draw likely conclusions or reasonable, uh, conclusions and expected behavior out of someone based on what they're telling me, based on what they're showing me. Correct. So that's and, why and I, like and I think, I think you have two things there. So, and again, when we say like two things, what, what we're doing is we're, we're saying there's either a difference with a distinction or a difference without a distinction. And these are, are uh, subsets, let's call them scientifically, inside of this order that we're calling graffiti. So, for example, yeah, <clears throat> if it was art, <clears throat> pardon me, if it was art versus messaging, to me, there's a difference. And, yes. and I'll give you an example. If you remember, <clears throat> if you remember, we were tagging up. Sorry, I shouldn't have baked that last rock. Hey? <laughs> yeah, you uh, hit that rock. We're, we're got tagging you early, up that so. uh, part. <laughs> <laughs> we were uh, tagging up that place down in uh, along the border uh, in uh, Texas, and we were trying to make it look as realistic as possible of an outpost for a area so it would appear as though the area that these people were about to get shipped into. So we're very, very carefully making sure that the, the, the graffiti we put up mimicked the area, area in which yeah. this small select group was going was going so yeah. when they got there there wouldn't be culture shock it, and they would yeah, say the i've thing. seen these images yeah. before i know building what file folders yeah so they had sent somebody out to help me and the person they had sent out to help me was from a uh, a federal police agency that was close by and uh, that person was a, a an expert on graffiti and so they walked by and when they were going by the wall i remember them saying okay well this is abstract and this is bubble and this is representative of what we would have called old school. And then you have sharp. Uh, but if you take a look at this, these are fat caps. And I stopped for a minute and I go, okay, that's the most amazing thing in the world. And I started actually writing them down and I go, <laughs> yeah. okay, uh, but let me tell you, tell, how tell I, me yeah. this, sir. Tell yeah. me this, sir. Uh, uh, what does any of that mean? Oh, nothing. These are just subclassifications of the type of lettering or right. the type of paint or whether, for example, when they do uh, what they call the brush, uh, uh, the brush means that the finished product looks more like artwork than the, and I go, okay, but how does that help you, uh, pick the guy? And they go, Oh no, it doesn't. Well, we were just telling you these are so, okay. Yeah, so and you're giving me the Dewey decimal system. Right. And right. what I want to know is very it, simply, is this dangerous or is this not? Does no, that make sense? 
And, and that, that's, that's, a, that's a great point. And I'm glad you said you're giving me the Dewey Decimal System. What is a Dewey Decimal System? Which no one probably doesn't even, yeah. even but, actually. Oh, I'm sorry for that. that is. Some guy just hit a parked car going, what the <laughs> hell are they talking about this morning, so, right? So that in a library to find and classify books on sections so you can find what it is you're looking for. That's a classification. Rapidly. Yeah. That's, so, so it's a, More it's a, rapidly than going from the first book to the last book. Right. right? It's, a class, it's a way to classify different yep. types of materials. All right, let's put it in a box so we can understand it. And this box leads over here. And then that, again, in a set and subsets, right? So, so we do that with all kinds of things. And that's, that's important, right? But, but that, that, that system isn't going to help me understand what it is on the wall I'm looking at. And that's why I started this by saying you don't have to speak the language to read the writing yep. on the wall. And yep. that goes into what you were talking about with atmospherics and how graffiti or tattoos, message, clothing, stickers on your car uh, add to the atmosphere, right? The, the feeling yes. or the mood. And we're not talking about the, the barometric pressure, right? Just the feeling or mood, right? Uh, so, so, you know, I grew up on the South side of Chicago. So I know when I went from one neighborhood to another neighborhood, that atmospheric shift would tell me, okay, this yep. is probably more of a high crime neighborhood. This is a poor community, right? So, so if you've had those experiences, you know what that's like. So what's going to change? Uh, maybe some of the buildings are a little bit more unkempt. The grass is a little bit overgrown. Uh, cars aren't, uh, are, are older and beat up. Um, there's graffiti here. There's less advertising yep. or the advertisings for different types of products than there are three blocks over, right? Yep. So that's all an atmospheric shift that, that leads you to believe that. So, but, so And let's, let's put a fine point on that for our listening audience and readers real quick, Brian. Okay. So because on this block, the weeds are growing and there's more graffiti on the wall and there's a broken window that hasn't uh, uh, yet been fixed. And there's an abandoned car that has yet to be towed. Right. means nothing about the folks that live in that area. No. What it means is that they've got enough on their plate yes. that they haven't taken the time um, to go out and do that. Perhaps they don't have the, the money to get a string trimmer like your gosh damn golf course where you live. It, it means nothing about the, the, the people that live in those homes. No, uh, it's uh, not so about their, their it's you, not a you, value exactly. judgment or about their character. It's, exactly. It's, they, it's might, just, they might not be able to do that because they're working three jobs. You know? Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, and, and so, so what you got to do, and, and for example, that, that ties in great. Uh, Brian and I were, were uh, zooming down some back streets uh, to meet my brother, Brian Williams, in, in uh, Saudi Arabia. And you remember oh that one, one district that we went by and there was gotta, the graffiti right, that was remember, up. Remember when, as your legal counsel, hey, I get it, I get it, but, what we talk about. So. But let, let's put it this way. Do you remember when we went uh, down the wrong street and we went by that place that looked like uh, like where they were going to chop off a bunch of heads? Uh, yeah. We, and the uh, idea we, is we took yeah. photos of the graffiti yeah. and then we went back and we yeah. talked to an expert uh, and the expert says, okay, I'll tell you what this is. This is the guy's phone number. And yeah. it says, this is the greatest place for a lube job yeah. in, in this area. So all right. it was, was uh, you see, advertising. You yeah. So it was advertisement for this guy's store where he was going to do work. So, so you can't just look at something and go, wow, it's a little dingy here. Eh, they well, live no, in a no, desert, folks. And, Do you get what I'm saying? And that's, that's a great way to understand perspective and the context in which you actually view yep. it. Right? So, so to us, all that graffiti, I'm like, man, I know when I turn the corner and all of a sudden I see a bunch of scary looking writing on the wall because it's in Gulf Arabic and I don't know what it says. You know, you can pick out a few symbols or a few words that you know. Precisely. But, but you don't know what it what it completely says. And then, you know, obviously us, we always take photos of it and go back. But you're looking at like, hey, how you know, this is all – and then you go back and the guy's like, no, this is how people advertise. Look, this is, yep. this is this know, Ahmed's barber shop. Here's his hours. Here's yep. his phone yep. number. This is Joe. You know, it's like, oh, okay. Well, that, that makes and, sense to me. And you can tell where you are, Brian, too. Like, like, for example, if we're in San Francisco and we're headed to Oakland, you know, we're in San Francisco and the people that are walking with us while we're going to the coffee shop look and go, oh, my gosh, that's the most beautiful street art. 
Yeah. And the stuff that I was seeing, if we were in Detroit, I would already be getting a whitewash and ready to clean the fence. Yeah. I, and, you know, you know, that differentiation. And I think the level of anonymity, like where, where do you most see graffiti near your house? Yep. Yours, it's on the cardboard box in which well, you I've, live. I've, yeah, I've got, well, the, the, while you're huffing paint. The, the dumpster you, to the left of me and the exactly. dumpster to the right. They, you know, exactly. That's how I tell them apart, you know. But but think about it. Sometimes the, the only graffiti that people will see is in a train uh, on a train car that goes by or at a train station. Why? It gives you a degree of anonymity and time to mm-hmm. paint on something when you and your peeps are hanging out. So the level of graffiti, how well uh, uh, it's emblazoned, how right. much time was how taken. Much time it took. Right? Each one of those. And, and Brian, the multitude of colors. I, I mean, go to yeah. your local Walmart and yes. say, hey, what's the most common uh, uh, color of paint that's used? Gold, white, people are huffing. What's the next most common, black or white? Because people are using it for whatever, signage Marking, or something. Yeah. So, so if you see something, that has literally all the colors of the rainbow. Rainbow Reggie uh, Biv showed up that day, and all that other stuff. Well, that's a level of complexity that's going to beg the question: Hey, is this an art project? You get what I'm saying? What right. what message is here? Where did this guy go to get all this paint? How, how did he have this time? How did he get up? Was he on a ladder at yeah. some point, or or repelling? Like you see the ones that are on the overpass on California on the five. Yeah, and and you you immediately wonder on the on the one or the five, you go. How did the guy get there? Well, that was part of the challenge. The challenge was you have to tag, uh, tag meaning you uh, tagging is where you leave part of your identity yes. in the message uh, for the folks at home. So uh, you would tell some young kid that wants to be in a gang, hey, you got to tag the 9-11 posse and you got to do it on this street in Crenshaw or whatever. Do you yeah. get what I'm trying to say? So yeah. that's a challenge. But, but we wouldn't know that if we don't do the, hey, what's the baseline for this area? What are the artifacts or evidence? And, and how do they compare against that baseline and stride so let's if you're listening ems if you're listening you got to start taking photos and you got to start asking the questions what does this mean yeah uh, to me today in this area on this call yeah no and and that's a great way to help decipher it right so we do the obviously human behavior pattern recognition and analysis so this is that analysis portion so don't jam the square peg into the round hole right so one there's a lot more literal graffiti what people think of of paint on a wall somewhere in cities there's more out there than than i guarantee 99 percent of people realize yep. right it's usually found in certain areas alleyways back areas so so now you've got the difference because you brought it up so let's just hit it right now because we're still on that actual spray paint kind of you alluded to different gang activity for tagging is public versus private graffiti yes the messages that are out there like you just said i see it you know on the five on that uh, you know, on, on an exit sign, someone had climbed the wall, hopped over, did it in the middle of the night, got up there and they tagged yep. their set or their click or their crew on there. That's a pub. That's, that's, that's message is intended Fully for intended. everyone to see. They want everyone to see that. So now, now what would be an example then of, of what you just said about private graffiti? And how do so I know when I'll, I see that? Yeah, I'll, I'll recall an incident where you, uh, teacher, uh, Atkinson and I were south of the border, uh, in California. And <laughs> I know. Through, I will admit again to, the legal I will stuff. Admit to nothing. So, but, but <laughs> as we were coming back, Teach pointed out a couple of key graffiti points, and we started following the graffiti. And if you recall uh, that we later talked to the ICE and the U.S. Border Patrol guys, Bortac, Borstar, the graffiti was specifically set up so somebody coming from south of the border into California in those right. areas would be able to follow them to specific things, and right. just like the old code. Down in down in America's uh, southeast, uh, where you could tell on the you know carved into the wall, 
that this lady would let you have some handouts and uh, you could sleep in this guy's backyard. He wouldn't call the cops and there was no vicious dogs. Those messages were intended for people uh, migrating into the United States to do so with, with uh, right. not words. It was, it was more symbolism than symbology. And there were some words to it, but again, they weren't, it was not a PhD uh, dissertation. It right. was, Hey, here are these things. This is where you don't want to be. If you go up here, you could get caught. And we followed him for a good long time. And, and if you, if you recall, we were like, teach, how do you know that? And he was like, uh, we're not going to talk anymore about yeah. that topic. And, <laughs> so, uh, I, I, you know, so, so that's one example. So those were in, intended to be private messages yeah. from one group and, to another group and, or and, one person within a group to another person within that group. And understand that stuff is still taught today. Like you look at tradecraft, you know, spycraft yep. of, of intelligence, uh, uh, you know, folks in the intelligence community, oh, yeah, buying assets like that's still done where, okay, the chalk mark here means there's a drop here or a meeting uh, in two days at this and time. Everybody's walking by and the people and no on one the bus never it, notice yeah. it. And you'll remember teacher educating on that, that day. I didn't want to go uh, too far. Teach if you're listening, God bless you and your, and your new daughter, Henrietta and your lovely wife, but uh, uh, teach with his tattoos. And he stopped us in the hallway and he said, hey, it's just like my tats. He says, I have public and private tats. Yes. He said, these tats are the ones that I like to show the public. And these are just for me. These are symbolic only to me. Well, that's exactly the same with graffiti, Brian. Some of those messages, you know, when you have a thing that says on your car, hey, my kid's an honor student at, uh, you, know, uh, you know, Pleasant View yeah. High School or whatever. Yeah. Okay, that's your proud. You're showing your yeah, kids. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Uh, the the old thing was wall drug back in the day. If you were traveling across the American West, uh, uh, wall drug was this attraction. And uh, what would happen is if you parked at wall drug, even to get gas or to go in and see what the you know the largest ball of twine was or whatever, or the largest jackalope, what they would do is they would tag your car with these bumper stickers. Yeah. So then it would be a form of advertising. So you have to look at that. Am I being? Uh, uh, do you remember Greece? Uh, we came out and and uh, on Shanya, and there was the the signals that warned the people that the cops were going to be there, and they had the red flags that were coming out, and the so, communists were so going to have the remember parade. Remember once once again, I get sent to all the bad places. Oh, yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah. get any of the grease trips, but yes, I know. I was going to tell you about. it was when we were at that fine restaurant, and that oh, the Saganak. You remember yeah. when they regaled us with all the gold and yeah, they, not, they not gave me. us the property not for me. free? I was so. probably in some hot, hot area yeah. environment at that time without yeah, You probably had a hot STD and you were at the World <laughs> Health Organization. Oh, whatever. Hey, I've been, I've That's been, your business. I've been the focus of many scientific studies. So, so, but, but that point, Brian, the point being public versus private, yeah. uh, detailed uh, uh, messaging versus artwork, hastily thrown up versus... You know, this yes. guy had a, a bunch of time to, to do it. Each one of those is hugely important. And, hey, graffiti is transient. Sometimes it changes. Uh, do you yeah. know that marking over a piece of graffiti could cost mean, your life? Yeah, it's a death sentence, places, buddy. Right. So, so you need to make sure that you're taking accurate records of those just as you would tattoos, just as you would a scar well, uh, uh, or a, a fingerprint. And, and I want to get to, cause you brought up the vehicle sticker stuff, but, but the real quick, just to go back to that graffiti and spray paint on the ground, anytime, you know, I've always, you know, live in cities or going around. If I see that stuff that looks like a gang symbol or someone marking their area, just a good, take a picture and remember something about a memory motion link. Hey, that's yep. the, that's the silver, you know, triangle gang, because that's what they always use silver. And there's always a triangle involved. So anywhere I see that, I now know their territory. Right. And that's just walking down the street. And then you come across something like that with that, that X'd out. I go, look, I have nothing to do here. I'm not law enforcement. I'm not in gangs, yep. but 
I may be walking into an area that's in the middle of some type of gang turf war. And I don't want to do be I there. need to be here. Yeah, exactly. Do I need to be here? And, and I'll, I'll give you another one. If you want to take a look at like, uh, uh, we get these all the time. Same question from coppers when we travel around the country teaching. Uh, hey, I had this string of car burglaries and uh, uh, we found out that most of the cars were unlocked. No damage was used. And the items that were taken was the change and the CDs out of the whatever CDs were these things you put in the radio. Yeah. And, and we would tell the people all the time, okay, you've got a low level of sophistication. You've got a low level of organization. What it is, some neighborhood kids that are out after hours grabbing yeah. the, the money, you know, and then uh, the same thing with the tats, they, they would, uh, the graph rather, they would put the graffiti up on the, the wall and it would be a swear word or it would, it would be a swastika or it would yeah. be the, you know, something marked out. And the people would go, well, what do you glean from this? Well, in our history, that means it's neighbor kids. Well, the neighbor kids were out wilding and they did it and, and, and they were laughing when you, they wrote that, you, that thing. And not, seen not, that re you've seen that recently with some kids who got in trouble and did same thing. There were just like a bunch of punk kids being vandals and they put a bunch of swastikas up and then now but people what said, did the neighborhood think? What well, did the news media hey, say? We now have, people we, are afraid. This yeah, is we a, have this. Yeah. Exactly. And which, which that's a horrible image. But the, at, when you look at, you investigate it, like those kids were being asshole kids and, and it's and not punks, a reasonable conclusion. And they, they weren't part of some group yes. doing something. What they did was absolutely wrong. And they clearly don't understand their history. And they, they mimicked something they didn't even know. Yes, they, they, they didn't even, they know. were acting out. Right. Yeah. And, and, and so what happened though, is I think in those instances, now all of a sudden the community is in an opera. Next thing you know, it's got the articles on the news saying, yeah. Oh, this is terrible. And all. People don't need to be afraid for those type of things. No. People need to, to understand that it's, it's a level of education uh, and it's a gap. The, nobody was watching you, their kids that night yeah. and they were out wilding. And, they were out doing you, stupid things. And when and, I mean that term, I don't mean anything by that term other than uh, my dad used to call it being on the wild. Yeah. What he would do is even the neighbor kids, my dad would walk out with a beer in one hand, yeah. with his white t-shirt and no shoes or socks on, yep. with his blue GM pants, and he would smack somebody upside their head and say, you kids are wild and time to get home. Yeah. And we would go home. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Because we knew it was out of bounds. Yeah, so, that's a very similar recollection I have of my father, oh, yeah. except he had no pants on and I was being brought home by the Chicago Police Department. Exactly. And they were pissed because they had to deal with me, which means they weren't dealing with actual real criminals out there. So yeah, they were but, just pissed. But, your average person doesn't know the difference, yeah, Brian. Yeah. The idea is that, that you know, FTO programs are incredible. Uh, back, back in the day, uh, there was no such thing as the FTO program, field training officer program for law enforcement. It would happen is they put you with a senior guy that would hopefully not get you killed. And I remember my first senior guy with a big wad of chew in his mouth and chew stains all over his uniform. He said, don't touch the radio and don't touch the car keys. You go, that was my, my uh, good advice. But there's a lot of coppers that are hitting the road right now and don't have perhaps the social experiences, perhaps they've never been in a variety of baselines. Maybe they haven't traveled. Maybe they're not polyglots. They don't know different languages. And all I didn't even know what polyglot that. meant. So yeah, I know I, I, I sent that to you on a text just before he used it. I thought so that was something else. could look it up. No, you had a polyglot penicillin. <laughs> I was going to say the but doctor the, said I'm good. The, the idea is though that, listen, imagine that kid being in that scout car, that, that young male or female, and their field training officers saying this and that and the other. You don't want to go up and go, I've never seen graffiti in my life. I, I, I'm more flip-floppian than I am hip-hopian. Yeah. So I don't know this <laughs> cultural message or this sociological message. So what happens, Brian, is we think that everybody knows that. We think when we call the coppers or dispatch, they're going to know what these you know, pieces of graffiti mean or this, this uh, yeah. uh, uh, you know, whether it's public or private. And if I told somebody that they're going to go, ah, that's not always the case, though. 
Yeah. And, and so, so all, all good points. So let's get to the, to the vehicle stickers. We'll stick with that specifically okay. for a little bit, just because I know a lot of folks, like you said, are, are driving right now, listening to this. So you can see it right now. You can look out your window, start identifying vehicles, look at what they have put on there because yep. each one of those has meaning. So I was, you know, common ones you see is when you do like stickers of, uh, and I've seen it just like, you know, you got the mom, your dad, and then the three little kids. Or Which, which by seen, the way, we're completely against. Yeah, because for a number it, of reasons. It, Look, it, I get it. You're you want to get attacked and, and kidnapped. Yeah. Yep. But you're, 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 you're telling everyone in the world what, what's going on and the names are on there. Or yep. you see it when you go down like South or in Texas like that, I'll see like two M4 stickers and then three yep. little pistol like Glock stickers, which means so that's the mom and the dad and the three little kids. Same so with the like, baby on board back, back when you were a, a, a yeah. little you're five, six years old running around with a beard on your, on your, yeah, uh, I still had a bicycle. beard yeah. did. But, but think about that. What, uh, that stuff can be misutilized. You're right. very proud, but it's giving me personal information about, about you. you. And, and in the years now of, of identity theft, you don't want to do that. You don't want to broadcast that sensitive information well, across and, your and family. You, you, you even don't see it with, that. with, and I'll be the like first to make fun of like guys. I know military guys who are trying to like, Hey man, you want to be the gray man. You don't want to stand out. Yep. Blah, blah. And then you go out to their vehicle and it's like combat vet, this blah, blah, blah. Like all of them, like, dude, you, you tell me that you like to go hang out in Moab, Utah, that you are a marathon runner, uh, that you are a combat veteran. Here's what unit you were in. You got this award. Like you, you're, we you're got telling me everything the, about you. We got in the trick bag in Lejeune. Don't when say we were the unit. We were working out of Geiger. <laughs> I won't say Marsock at all. <laughs> I, I won't. You. I won't bring I up Marsock because now you have the, the photos from the parking lot. Yeah. yeah, and all we did is we walked around and we said, "Here's your chain of command. This is the people's names. Yeah. And this is the car they're driving." Yeah. We don't have to go and run the plate. All we yeah. got to do is see that vehicle again in town. And they got all bent out of shape. Oh, there's, you know, secure area. Well, it ain't secure if the fat guy was taking photos of your flipping yeah. sled. Yeah. And the but, idea was we didn't mean to poke anybody in the eye. No. It was just the idea of what you project to the world certain people are reading. And when they yes. read that, for, first of all, don't get all bent out of shape about bumper stickers on a car. Car might nope. be a stolen uh, friends might, might have tagged it up. Yeah. yeah, it might not be their car. It might be That's their daughter's car. That's a great car. one. You should tell the tell the story. The the Marine Major. Yeah, yeah. That, that so, one's a great one. Okay, so you remember that one? And and we were sitting outside of some dingy, gosh darn place doing a uh, surveillance. And then all of a sudden, uh, the radio crackles, and it was a, a great guy on the radio said, "Hey, one coming your way." Uh, and so it's a vehicle pulled in on the back, and it, this was during uh, the workup for Iraq. A lot of things were going on during that time, and here. The entire back of this vehicle was emblazoned with anti-U.S. Uh, government, anti-U.S. military, anti specifically yeah. anti-war and anti-Marine stuff. You know, I'm tired of this. We're not going anymore. We don't believe in this and all that other stuff. And it was like, holy Moses, uh, this is interesting. So I told everybody on the net, hey, I'm going to follow and, and stop this vehicle. Uh, when it stops, I'm going to talk to the driver and contact him. So what we did is we followed him around. And then when he pulled into a place to get fuel, I walk up and a guy that pops out is in his Marine class A's. I don't know what you call your dress uniform, but clearly he was going somewhere that was very important to him and he was in a hurry. And I walked up and I said, Hey, uh, the messages don't fit. And right away he said, not me, my wife's car. And yeah. I've been deployed so many times that yeah. she's tired of it. Yeah. And this is her way of lashing out. Okay. And, and you don't have to look too far to look at no. uh, the USS Cole. Uh, during that same period, you remember the guy that was a government contractor? Yeah. And had the USS Cole, uh, 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 we cried, they cheered, or whatever he had on it. It was some very simple message. 
and that that almost went up to the Supreme Court. Right. They, they were going to deny him the ability to face, yeah, and it smart. turned out his son died on the USS Cole. And yeah, it was so, like so, it, it's you can't jam that square peg in a round hole. You don't know. That's what. the point. The point yeah. is that you can't make these obtuse comparisons without artifacts and evidence to, to support reasonable conclusions. And guess what? The tail of the tape, Brian, is what we do. We go up and flash our ID and say, hey, listen, we're social scientists. I'd like to ask you a couple of questions. You know what? 99 times out of 100, the people say yes. Yeah. And we say, we saw these behaviors. What do they mean? And they engage us in conversation. Every once in a while, we get to go after yourself every once in a while. And guess what? It fits like a hand in a glove on the observations we've made prior to that. We could, we could tell you which people are going to tell us to go pack it. Uh, uh, so I would tell you that if you make those observations, one, record it for posterity, yeah. make sure that you get that photo. Two, go to a resident expert. Don't, don't go to some guy and he says, yeah, I saw one of those down by the Walmart, because that guy's not going to help you decipher it. And, and three, if you've got a place like NCIS or one of these law enforcement places, uh, Rimmon, for example, Rocky Mountain Identification Network for or Information Network uh, for Coppers, uh, send them that stuff. Uh, send an email and say, hey, local cops, uh, my name is Jeff and I live, you know, I, I got to put it. I, I forgot it now. I'll put it in the in the details of the post. There's a national one you can do, too. That, yeah, yeah. That where people a database, submit, right? Yeah, they just I don't know what these mean. Graffiti and, OK, and so, so my thing is that that it's just like the, the fight with Wicca. You know, when a person saying I'm Wiccan and it has nothing to do with witchcraft, <laughs> love the thing. Uh, do you get what I'm trying to say? And yeah. then you've got the Satanists that say, no, hail Satan. If you don't know what you're talking about, what you can do is mix metaphors. You can mix information. Right. Destroy an investigation or an observation or a, a conclusion. Well, it, so it'll don't fit that round peg into that square hole and don't be in a hurry to get to an unreasonable conclusion. Right. And, and that, that's a, that's a good point to bring up. So especially with the bumper stickers and different stuff yep. put, people put on their vehicle, like, you know, we, we all, we draw conclusions based on it, but we always have to do that. Well, maybe it's not that, or if it is this, what else should I see? So, and we always say, be careful with people about putting that stuff out. Yeah, I get it. You're proud of your family or your kid doing this, but now you just gave me, I yeah. have some information about you so I can walk up to you. And, you know, it's like when you see exactly. the, this truck protected by Glock, you know, second amendment, whatever. Yeah, you I can, can have walk my up. gun when I, I can walk up for my gun. Now, well, right now I'm, I can go, all right, this guy likely has a gun on him or in that vehicle. Uh, now I can go approach and say, Hey, what's up, man? What's your fit? I, I carry a Glock 19. Cause that's my yep. standard. What do you go? Oh, now I'm co-op. Now you and I are in a conversation together. We don't know each other. And I have got you, you're, you're, you're not even, uh, aware of what's going on. I could be getting more information. From and you. you're going, Hey, I must know this guy. And you don't want to be rude. Yeah. And guess what? That's a street crime right there. Ready to yeah. happen. Brian, I want you to, I want to remind you of something that you probably forgot because this was sort of a hastily called podcast today. Cause we were on, uh, yeah, we had some calls. Yeah. With somebody else. Uh, do you remember the incident uh, uh, out west where the guy had the sign with all of the information on it, the hand lettered sign that was standing in the intersection and he was waving at all the different people? And uh, you told the other folks in the car, hey, listen, pull around so we can get a photo. And, and one of the newer uh, uh, instructors said, what are you talking about? And you said, hey, if this guy took that much time, oh, right, yeah. the Magna Carta on that yeah, side. Yeah, yes. Do you, do you remember what it was? Yeah, I, I can't know. Well, I, I'm in a total blank, but I know exactly what you're talking about because I had something similar out here by me, but that was on a road, that was on a trip. We were on a, we, we were on a trip, and the yeah. idea was that this message said what the guy was going to do, when yep. he was going to do it, all the other steps were laid out on this, and it was a warning. And yeah. nobody else, everybody was beeping, and some people were actually slowing down and giving them uh, a change. Money, yeah. And, and it was a threat. It was not a veiled threat. It was a well-written, well-organized scheme of maneuver where right. this person was saying that, hey, 
you know, get thee out of my AO because on this day and this time, I'm going to do dangerous stuff. And had we not flipped around, had we not yeah. taken those photos, everybody else missed it because what did they see? They yep. saw what they wanted to see. They this saw guy's a asking guy for money. That's asking he's for giving, a couple of yeah, bucks. He's got a sad story. He's yep. doing this. Yeah. If you don't take the time to read that, well, that's why I always read all those signs. Anytime you yep. see the bum on the side, your natural reaction is to look away. I don't want to make eye contact because then he's going to come up and ask me for money. But I make darn sure that I read exactly what's written on there yep. because it might be a, a message demonstrating my intent to do something that uh, is illegal or I'm, it's a threat to me. So you always yeah, have yeah. to read that stuff. This is for the people that like to turn this into a study project. Go do your homework. There's a specific one where the guy used the F word, uh, the draft, D-R-A-F-T, about being drafted into the military on his jacket. He hand lettered it on there, walked into the, the draft board, ripped up his draft card. And oh my gosh, it went everywhere. It's like burning the flag. Burning the flag is a message. But guess what? It's protected under the yeah, First Amendment. Okay. Yeah. So don't, have to don't agree sit with it, there. Yeah. Yes. And that's what I'm trying to say, Brian. Don't sit there and look at that. If it's not offending a person, if it's not a threat against a person, sometimes the stuff that you're convinced is illegal, has nothing to do with the law and, right. and it's inconvenient. Yes. And it's embarrassing, but it has nothing to do with the law. However, there are certain messages that people put on that are uh, natural selection. Do you get what I'm trying yeah. to say? Uh, uh, when, when they're going into Columbine uh, yeah. and saying, Hey, listen, I'm going to kill a, a, a bunch of people. Uh, 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 Dylan Klebold and Eric Harris, uh, one had uh, natural selection. The other had wrath. And, and these are messages that, that were portraying the anger that they held alone, meaningless, but when combined with other evidence on that morning or tied together with other evidence accumulated over a period of time, everybody and their brother knew something was coming and nobody did a thing. How come it is, Brian, that we go around to these places and everybody says afterwards, hey, if we were going to pick the person that was going to act up and act out, it yeah, was that it was person. That guy. You well, know? yeah. And, and that's the idea. That's part of what goes into graffiti is that what we always say, humans are constant. We're constantly on transmit, right? Yes. We're constantly telling the world, our environment, how it's part of our ego system. Yeah, we have to, we, we want an identity. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Everyone wants to have, you know, their, their identity. They want to have their say, they look, this is what's important to me. And we exactly. scream that by, you know, everything, the, the clothes we wear, the words we use, the words we choose not to use, the slang terms, how we we say we want to be everything. Yes, it, it we gets, say we want to be unique and different. Yeah. Then we pick a person out of a magazine and say, "Make me look like that." <laughs> yeah, we say exactly. we want to be unique and different, and we end up looking like all those goth people in a room. And it's cool. Choose whatever yeah. you want to choose. What you do in the privacy of your own home is your own business. And if you take it into public, God love you as long as you're not hurting somebody yeah, else. Long, yeah. But those messages lead up the rich fabric, the, the granularity, the fidelity of those observations that we make, Brian, are what makes us human behavior uh, pattern recognition ex uh, uh, experts rather than these posers that you see on these sites all the time. For example, if you just talk about uh, 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 body language, okay, body language, yeah. one dimension of yeah, a that's... huge uh, 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 thing. And, and you're not going to determine anything by just saying that move at that time means that you're, that's you're... sports crap. 
you're you're going to determine more based on the entire context of the situation it than must. just than just oh i scratch my nose when you ask yep. me that question like there's there that that's why we always start big to small right that stuff up exactly close right. when you when you when you've understood everything that's involved you can, if you don't understand how you process information there's no point in learning how to read body language it's not so the, the sergeant major at uh, at that place near the uh, okay. uh, thing Very that careful. had three letters <laughs> stop you know we weren't stop. at the fbi national academy <laughs> it wasn't weapons training battalion. It wasn't stop, the same people. Stop. But the guy coming up and saying, hey, we're doing this all wrong. We're at 3,000 meters, moving to 1,000 meters, moving to 600 meters, and then all of a sudden going down on patrol on the street. Why don't we start sitting in the room across from the guy? Okay, one, <laughs> yeah. you clearly were asleep during my entire course. Yeah. The other thing is, if you can make those observations limited only by the, the fidelity of the optics you're carrying, you can save a lot of lives by seeing those things with a drone or seeing those things with some other platform before you send a young U.S. soldier or coalition force member in to get blown the F up. So my thing to you is stop trying to outthink the game. The game is that life and humans are constantly barraging you with information. And all you got to do is you got to pay attention to the little things. You know, the, yeah. you remember somebody trying to draw the reasonable conclusion about why I'm always carrying the pink phone. Pink, yeah. You get what I'm trying to say? And the idea is that we're dealing with people uh, in an environment where they're always wearing camouflage, gillied up, or wearing flat black. So I'm stupid. <laughs> I'll never lose my pink phone. And if somebody tries to steal it, I'll go, hey, you got a pink phone too. And they'll freak out, right? Yeah. So nothing means anything unless you take it from the perspective of the person sending that message. And guess what? If your radio is on transmit and mine's on receive and it's on the same bandwidth, I'll be able to read it. But right. if I'm not, then I'm tuned out and I'm not going to read. I'm going to miss key signals that might save my life. Right. And, and, and that's why it's important is you might not like that message or you might right. think whatever this guy's an idiot or a jackass, but you, you, you don't have to agree with the message, but you have to take it into consideration and put it into context. What is it that they're trying to tell the world Right with all now. these lenses, yeah, all these lenses, and say based on the totality of the information that I'm receiving at this time and at this place, it's likely that this is happening. And if it's an ML, a most likely course of action, you're probably fine. If it's an MD, a most dangerous course of action, well, you might you have to act first and act fast because it might be your life you're saving. Right, and and so that goes into not jamming the square peg into the round hole, right? You know, Again, so so yep. like message clothing is a big one, but then you see guys wearing like the affliction shirts or whatever. I'm a fighter, and it's like yep. usually the guys that I've met that are the biggest badass fighters in the world, they don't wear that stuff because yep. one, they don't want people to know because then people are going to try and fight them, you know, and oh, I can take this guy down. But but it's it's is it is this guy for real or whatever? And and the other you know, thing is too about that. And especially because we talk about tattoos and people get them and that changes culturally over time. Right? Yes. So tattoos now are far more accepted or commonplace than they were even just 10 or 15, 20 years ago. I mean, exactly. Marin talked about his tats and, and uh, Marin's not like Queequeg from Moby Dick. Marin's more like a uh, uh, Disney <laughs> because he's got like Daffy Duck and all the you know, <laughs> McDuck all over his back. For I, got a, I got a dolphin but, riding a unicorn. Exactly. Yeah. But the idea of the, uh, of the message is you can't, I can't, like a book is simple, but then you read Jonathan Swift and you find out that he wasn't saying what he was saying. It was what he wasn't saying or these double entendres that are in there. So if you're convinced that as soon as you see that, that uh, license plate cover, you know, the surround on a license plate cover, and it immediately uh, draws your ire. Maybe that was the intent. Yeah. Maybe again, that it was on it when he rented the car. You yeah. have to take a look. And if you're looking, Brian, you use this all the time. If you're looking through a straw, 
and making your comparisons, you're less likely to come up with the actual answer. Your mm -hmm. conclusion is going to be faulty. And if you build something on sand, it's going to collapse. Right. And, and those are all kind of, kind of great points um, to kind of, kind of bring it in, I think. Uh, to, so, you know, we started off by saying, Hey, you don't have to, you know, I don't have to speak the language to read the writing right. on the wall. Same thing. I don't have to be an expert in, in symbolism or, or uh, symbology or tattoos or clothing. I don't have to be an expert to get an understanding of what the message is this person. So I don't have, I can read it and understand that language. Like what becomes threatening graffiti versus non what's a threatening tattoo versus a non, you know, all those things have different meanings based on the person that that's that, like you said, and they, the time and the place yeah, and, and where you're making that observation and, and, and who that person is and what that, what was, what the message was meant by it. We've got, we know guys that like, you look at some of their tattoos and there's people who are really into symbolism are like, those are like horribly racist tattoos. And they're like, he's like, no, this is like my family thing from exactly. 500 years ago that back then had a completely different meaning. And now people have taken a new, it's, you know, the, the okay. But sign. does my behavior, does my behavior indicate something? See, it's not right. just my t-shirt. The t-shirt's fine. It can show whatever it wants to show. Yes. But does my behavior and that t-shirt and the baseline walking into the Walmart, does that now add up to a MD Cola? I, I think that's where you're at, Brian. Yeah, and that's it. So, so I know that we kind of covered a lot, but I like using that term graffiti because it's everywhere. You post stuff on Facebook and Instagram. You read other people's posts. That is you a form never even of, think about it. That's a form of graffiti. That is people sending the message to the world. If I take the time to do that now, even though it happens all the time, there's people who do it a lot. There's people who sent who are on social media a lot. There's people who, who use it very little. There's people who don't have it at all. But if I take the time to do that, I'm telling you, this is what's important to me. This is uh, very important to me. I want to give you a comparison, Brian. Uh, you receive, just honor, uh, answer honestly, you receive how many texts from me in an average day? Uh, I don't know, dozen at least, or okay. yeah, somewhere right around there, depending on the day, but you know. Do I have any clue to what those little icons mean that no, I add to my No, message. but it's hilarious watching you. It's like watching a monkey figuring out an iPad. It's hilarious. So what I do on my text <laughs> is I'll send somebody a text, and, and I write a text like an email. So it's yeah, every yeah, single word yeah, in the semicolon because yeah. I'm an idiot. But when I send it, I always just go through the bottom and pick three or four random messages because I have no idea what the hip kids know that those yeah. messages are. So sometimes it'll come out and somebody will send me back saying, do you know what you just sent? Yeah. And it's like, oh, shut up. We were using that a long time ago. Or I, I just sent it at random, which is what I do well, every day. And I must could, send a dozen random ones we, a day. We could at least, we, and then that, we could save that for another podcast, getting into why even those, why, why these emojis and memes and GIFs and all that stuff are, are the reason we have that is because when you're texting someone, you have no context for the for what they're saying so you have Precisely. to try to place it so so we come up with little emojis and kissy faces and this so you understand what it is oh this person's meaning it in this way it adds context it's why communication is so difficult over text sometimes with people but we we could save That's that why in person training yeah huh? trumps yes. all other forms exactly. of training because you, exactly. if you're not in the room with the people then you're never going to understand all the nuanced messages that are going by through humans all right. Well, I think the, that's a good spot to wrap on. So appreciate everyone tuning in. Um, thanks. And remember, training changes behavior. Great seeing you. That's all for today, folks. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Remember, you can follow us on Facebook at HBPRA. Check out our website at ArcadiaCognorati.com. Please, if you enjoyed the show, like it, share it, tell your friends about it. 
get the word out there. And if there's something you want us to cover directly or curious about, go ahead and get a hold of us by email at leftofgreg at gmail.com. Thanks.